Good morning, church. It's our delight to um, be able to report to you today what God did on our recent mission trip. Dan and I were in the Philippines. Um, we need to understand that these mission trips are a corporate thing. Um, you know, some people uh, pray, and some people give to send us, and some people get to go and bring back a report. And so it's not, um, and God gets all the glory, amen? So it's not like, oh, look what this person did or that person did. It's what God did because you prayed. We're all a part of this thing. And so I just want to read a scripture to you before we uh, get started. I can find it. Oh, Matthew. I lost it. I'm not doing too well this morning. I've had some physical problems since I got back. I actually had them before I left. And they put me on some kind of medication that's uh, messing me up pretty good. So let's just pray. Uh, Father, we thank you and praise you for who you are as we prayed earlier. Lord, you are worthy if you've never done anything else for us. But we owe everything to you. All good things come down from the Father of lights. And so we thank you and we praise you and we give you glory for all that you're doing in our lives and around the world, Lord God. And that's what this report is, Lord, is just to glorify your name and show these dear people in this little church what you did because they were praying. And we just give you every ounce of glory, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we get started, I think, uh, Dan, you wanted to say something to start with about Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time. <clears throat> Have you ever had God really do something in your heart? <laughs> like huge and you just like what you needed, you know, kind of, sort of, kind of for real. And um, that's kind of what this trip was to me. It was like, um, it's like I needed something that I didn't know that I needed. You know what I'm saying? In, in my spirit, in my heart. And, um. God started downloading, speaking to me just before uh, the airplane took off. And as we were going down there, he was speaking to me a lot of stuff because um, I couldn't sleep. I don't sleep well on airplanes. It's an 18-hour flight to China. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, God just really, uh, really uh, spoke to me. And then when, when we started doing the ministry part of the, the, the trip, it was just, just, Really, uh, well, you would think I'd, I'd I'd never get over it because I was born in Nigeria and I've I've seen this before, so it's not it's not like it's a first time for me. But it never gets old; it really doesn't. Um, 
And when we went in there and we saw these children who didn't even really know when their next meal was going to come their way, and we were able to feed them um, and, and worship with them and laugh with them and play with them. And, and they just couldn't believe that we came all the way across the world just to do that little thing in their village, you know. Um, what an honor. It becomes the honor on your end, you know, the honor and the blessing and the and all that. And they act like it's such a blessing for them and and how awesome we are, you know. And I'm like, man, you have no idea. I am nobody. You know, I am nothing. But uh, it's my honor. And, and what God told me on the airplane going down there was, I want you to look at it this way. I'm sending you halfway across the world to tell people that I love them and that you love them. That's your message. That's it. You know, you can share a bunch of other things that I put on your heart, but the message that I want you to reveal or convey to them is that you traveled this far just to tell them that Jesus loves them and that you love them. And man, when I, when I spoke those words, when I said, you know what, I came all the way from America today, right here, right now, to tell you guys that I love you and Jesus loves you and he loves you so much. You know, they just, they just couldn't fathom that. You know, they couldn't understand why someone would take the time and go that far just to tell them those words, you know. And they, uh, the ministry was just awesome. Um, I got to speak at a, uh, at a youth uh, rally, and um, after I got done speaking about my life and different things that the Lord has done through me, um, or in and through me and to me, <laughs> um, we had an altar call for three different things. One's for rededication, one for new time, and one for healing. And he's going to share the numbers with you. But I just really got to pour into some some kids, you know, and just pray with them one-on-one. -on -one. And and it's it's like I, you know, some of these are like 13, 14-year-old kids, you know, and I would just get on my knees, and they're pretty short, you know. So I'd get on my knees to them. I'd look them right in the eyes and say, you know what, Jesus loves you. And I just say, just like we're talking now, I'm your, I'm a, I'm a friend. I come all the way here just to tell you that I love you and that Jesus loves you. I want you to begin to start talking to Jesus just like we're talking now, just like a relationship, you know, just, just like you can't wait to call your best friend on the phone or you can't do that. That's just the way I want you to start talking to Jesus and invite him into your life. Everything you do on your way to school, when you get up in the morning, you know, when you're doing your studies, when you're doing all that, and, and they'll look to the right and the left, and I'm like me in the eyes I made them look me in the eyes you know and, and I looked at them and I could just sense that they've some of them you know never really had that even even from the parents you know never really told them that that you know Jesus loves you and that and that we love them and uh, so that, that was an impact and I, I don't know how to do that and convey that to you guys unless you've been there and you've done that um, but like Warren said some of us are to go some of us are to send and just to convey to you that, that if you gave for this mission trip, I want to thank you very much. Because more than a mission trip, mission trip it, was a, it was a revival of my heart and my life, I think. Um, I don't even want to go back to five years ago, but this whole, last, this whole time, just, just like when you think, uh, I think the best thing way I could describe is this, that when I was in college, the Lord spoke to me, um, and he gave me this Bible verse. And there's a lot more to the story, but I'm going to keep it short. Uh, 
seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. And I'm going, that's pretty easy. Sounds straight there, you know, pretty easy. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. All these other things shall come unto you. I'm like, okay, pretty easy. Well, I was down there in the Philippines. I'm still trying to figure out what that means. I thought I had it figured out. And I thought that I was doing it, and maybe I was, and, and continue. But it's amazing how God's word gets bigger for you as your life goes on. You know, what you thought it meant to you at one time, you're like, wow, that is so deep. That is so wide. That's so far. I can't even grasp it anymore. I thought I was grasping it, but I'm not. And he just, he just like took that and put it just a little bit farther out of my reach so I have to go run for it again, you know? And, um, and so I just want to say that to you, that uh, your help and your support for this mission and what I saw down there is absolutely phenomenal. Um, God's doing a work like you wouldn't believe. There's a revival happening in the Philippines like you wouldn't believe right now. Um, I might share that a little bit later after Warren gets through the slides, but um, there's just there's just some things really happening in the spirit, and uh, and it's starting in that little place there called the Philippines. So, anyway, I'm gonna give back to Warren, but thank you very much. Thanks, Dan. I found a scripture I wanted to read to you. I just found an Acts. Uh, 2018, then the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, accept the Holy Spirit. And along with that goes authority. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So as we look at this uh, now, um, you can go to the next slide. This is Rolly's church. That's Pastor Rolly at the podium there. And uh, we always start there. We usually get there on Friday or Saturday. And then Sunday I preach in his church, usually to, to start off. Um, we had, um, that I didn't, that's not in the count, the final count at the end. We had four people healed in this service that I forgot all about until yesterday or this morning. Anyway, um, the next slide, please. That guy was one of them. And so, uh, the figures we'll give you at the end will just add four more to the healing part. Um, then that evening, the next slide, 
That evening, uh, Dan, uh, they had a youth rally. They have one every year when we go over there. The church kids um, get all their kids from school with friends, and they bring them to a night of music. And then we preach the gospel to them and worship a lot. And it's, uh, you know, it's not a bland worship. It's a jumping up and down type of thing. And um, they get pretty excited about it. They see that Christians can have fun. And uh, that night there was 27 young people saved and seven were healed uh, in that service right there. And I think Dan is trying to hitchhike right there. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, he did a great job on that service. Um, I don't know how many kids were there. You know, Dan, is there maybe 75, 100 Something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay, the next one, please. Um, then on Monday, we went to a maximum security prison. Uh, this is in Cebu. And uh, there's some bad dudes in there. It's maximum security. They wouldn't let us take pictures inside, so all we could do was take a picture of the team outside afterwards. Um, those were the people that, there was five women went in there with us as well. And to my surprise, when we got inside of this supposedly maximum security prison, everybody was walking around free inside of there. Nobody was locked in a cell. They were just all standing around. And... Uh, <laughs> I was just surprised. So we had to walk right by him, almost brush up against him. We had to go up on the fourth floor. I think it was four floors um, to get to the meeting room, which was uh, about twice the size of the sanctuary here. And I'm, I'm guessing now, but a couple people said they thought there was a couple hundred people there. Are, um, and some of those were Christians. Uh, but this is one of the highlights for me. There's 8,000 men in this, in this prison right here, 8,000. And 200 of them showed up for the, I mean, that's a rough figure, 200. And some of those 200 were Christians. They had Bibles, okay? So anyway, there was uh, 98 prisoners got saved that morning, 98. And two, yes, give God some praise. I mean, they just kept, they just kept coming, two or three at a time. You know, I'd see somebody moving in the back. Yeah, there's room at the cross for you. And then they would come, and they just kept coming. We kept, they had their own worship team, and not too bad. And they were kept playing, and the guys just kept coming. And uh, so there was 98 of them got saved that morning. There's a bunch of pastors there as well, so, um, but that was an exciting time. I, um, I was preaching without notes. That's the way I like to preach, just um, where you have a section of scripture and you just kind of go down it line by line, and it's just I'm just more comfortable doing that than following an outline. Uh, so it's, it was fun. Then we went to the next slide, please. Uh, this is Kapanga Barangay. 
This is right down the road from the Bible school on the mountain. And you can see Dan sitting back there. Uh, I wish Tom was here. He's got his guitar. And I was going to tell Tom, well, he's tuning it up because it's right after he dropped it. <laughs> but anyway, he was getting ready to play. And now uh, the first thing we do is feed the children, as you can see there. Um, some of the children uh, are really, the next slide, are really into the music. Music is an international language. And uh, when Dan played the guitar, why, there would be a crowd of kids around him all the time. And um, some of the pictures are kind of dark, but it's at night, so <laughs> that's just the way it is. So that was uh, that music was a real asset um, for the whole thing. The next slide, please. And we distributed Bibles at that barangay. Um, they were furnished by a ministry called Jesus Reigns. You'll hear a little bit more about it later. Um, so we didn't have to buy those. Those were furnished for us. Um, and Grandma there on the right's got two of them, one for each hand. So she's ready. Um, so that was that barangay. And then the next night, uh, we went to, in that barangay, there was, uh, in each one of these, let me first say barangay means community. And these are very poor people. And so they form their own little communities. Um, this one's out in the country on the mountain where we have the Bible school. Really, just 10 minutes from the Bible school. And so when you come there, that's the only show in town. They haven't got the money, the means to go downtown if Billy Graham came, or Franklin Graham now came, they had a big crusade. Uh, his grandson William was there uh, two, three years ago and did a big crusade. But these people never get there. If they had enough money to go down there and come back, they'd buy something to eat with it, okay? So we go to where they are, we ferret them out, we find them, and we take the movie projector and show a film. We got all the equipment you have to have nowadays. And, uh, you know, just preach the gospel to them, feed the children. And a lot of times just feeding the children, after two or three weeks of that, the women will want to know why do we care so much about their kids. And then they can share with them God's love and so on and so forth. And sometimes there's a Bible study started before we even get there. And then you get the Bible study grows. Um, pretty soon you've got a church. Hallelujah. Okay, the next one. This is a different barangay. This one is called Tissa, T-I-S-A. And we also had Bibles for those people. Um, there we're just feeding the children. Um, they're getting rice, uh, which is their stable over there, like our potato. And then also uh, ponset, which is a stringy kind of noodle thing. And I think they had some hot dogs as well. Um, so that was their, for some of them, that's the only meat they'll get all week, is that hot dog. 
I know that's hard for us to wrap our head around, but that's the truth. So, so we'll always begin with the feeding of the children because we got to wait till it gets dark to show the film anyway. So we'd start these things about five in the afternoon, six, something like that. Okay, the next one, please. Um, yeah, this is at Tissa. This is, um, let's see how many were saved there. 83 people were saved in this meeting, and six people were healed in this meeting. Now, why, why are all these people getting saved? You know, there's only like 100 people there. In evangelism, if you preach to 100 people and 10 get saved, that's considered average. But God has just flip-flopped that whole thing around. He's saving everybody, and only 10 aren't getting saved. Amen? And we have that kind of, uh, he does that all the time, because these people, nobody cares about them. They're just poor, and they're out there by themselves, and they just have one another, and that's about it. When they find out there's a God that loves them, that they can have a personal relationship with them through the Lord Jesus Christ, they're pretty excited because this is a relationship-oriented culture. So we don't preach any kind of church, any kind of religion. We just preach relationship, okay? And they embrace that. So there's 83 say these two ladies here were very pregnant, and they just wanted prayer for healthy babies, we dedicated the babies to the Lord and uh, that they'd have a good delivery and all of that. Okay. <clears throat> now, this brown guy is on the same road again to the Bible school. This one is further away. It's probably half, three quarters of a mile from the Bible school down the mountain. We go by each one of these every time we go in and out of the school. All right. You know, it's great to go uh, overseas and stuff, but you're a missionary right here. You don't have to go overseas to be a missionary. You can go next door, amen, and share the gospel with, the, with your neighbor. So, all right. <clears throat> this is San Fernando, where the Bible school is. Uh, we have to go. This is the town hall and the city square. And what we had there was a prayer meeting. Um, the next slide, please. And it was, I think, 40 leaders there, approximately 40 leaders, church leaders from different churches in, around San Fernando. And they, uh, it was just an outdoor prayer meeting, public prayer meeting. And then we played some music and stuff and had some prayer and then packed up. Um, at that time, there's one meeting we had somewhere right in there um, that we didn't get any pictures of for some reason. And there was 60 people saved at that one. And I got it in my notes here from my Bible. I write down stuff because like I can't remember anymore. But uh, we just didn't get any pictures of that meeting. So you can see that um, God is answering your prayers. Amen? I mean, nothing happens unless somebody's praying. Yes, you might as well not even leave if nobody's praying. So praise God for your prayers. 
are we doing? Um. <clears throat> okay, now we're going to go to uh, another barangay. This is, uh, see if I can, Sabanga. Um, this one had special meaning to all of us. Uh, I'll share with you in a few minutes. Uh, when we got there, and we were setting up the film and all of that, Dan was once again playing for the children. And uh, you can see them all crowding around him there. Um, so that was just a really good time. He did a song where they stand up and sit down. <laughs> They just love that, yeah. And you, um, if you want to say anything, just jump in here. Um, okay, the next one. Uh, once again, we're feeding. Uh, you can see the rice there in the big pot. Um, they've been feeding for about a month in this barangay. And the stuff on the left, that brown stuff, that doesn't look very appetizing as ponset. It's actually very good. And um, I don't see any hot dogs there. We must have ran out at the last barangay. So, but anyway, they're they're uh, getting a good warm meal. And they're lining up now. The girl on the right-hand photograph, the girl in the center there, is Pastor Jay's wife. Pastor Jay is Pastor Roley's right-hand man. Um, she's got a white blouse on there, and that's uh, Letty, his Pastor Roley's wife in the blue shirt there. Um, and Giselle, her name is Giselle, the one with the white blouse on, Pastor Jay's wife. This is her home place. This is where she was born and raised in this barangay. So it had special meaning to go there. It was a, a large barangay. Um, so it was kind of had special meaning because I prayed for her mother and different people there. So, okay, the next slide, please. And this is some of the people in that barangay. Uh, the lady on the left um, is telling me about her lower back pain. And the lady on the right... Um, she had, she didn't speak hardly any English. She had uh, severe chest pains. Uh, and so we set her down there on that chair. And uh, we're just starting to pray there. They got my good side again, good. And anyway, you know, these people were healed by God. Just wham. The pain just disappeared. Um, the other lady with, with the back pain just disappeared just instantly. And that's how Jesus did a lot of his ministry. I think most of it was out and about. He did some in the synagogue, but most of it was just out and about. And we're out and about every day, are we not? Amen. You know, you see somebody limping down the street, go ask them if you can pray for them. You'd be surprised how many people will let you pray for them. So, um, so that, that lady sitting there is probably the one on the right. She's probably 65 or 70. The other one is a younger lady, but um, they get 
a lot of back problems because of they have so many children and they put them on their hip like most of us did when our kids were little, the same thing. And then their pelvic bone gets out of whack and pinches a nerve and all that. So let's see what we got for salvations here. Uh, 90 were saved. 90 people were saved and 18 were healed in that meeting. Yeah. Because you prayed. Not because we went, but because you prayed. <laughs> Somebody's got to pray, amen? You don't sound very excited. 90 people were saved and 18 were healed. Come on. It's a God, it's a God thing. It's not a Warren and Dan thing. So, <clears throat> okay. Next one. All right, this is in Pastor Boy's church. And Danny Kay is doing his special couple songs. And I was surprised to hear, um, he's, Dan said he's played it here a few times. I must have been on the road or something. Uh, Come Fly Away. Yeah. It's a great song that he wrote. And so he was playing that in different places. Everybody just loved it. And he played like a couple of them here in Pastor Boy's church. Pastor Boy is... Uh, um, I'll show the next slide, and you can probably see him. Yeah. The guy on the left, in the right-hand picture, the guy on the left is Pastor Boy. He's our main teacher in the Bible school. He's the guy that teaches hermeneutics and all that kind of stuff. And um, his wife, Sally, also teaches. And that was at his church. We usually go to his church one Sunday morning, the second Sunday that we're there. And uh, the little girl's in the picture. I believe that's his niece. And she's 11 years old. And she really touched my heart. 11-year-old girl, she comes for prayer with tears in her eyes. And what do you think she wanted prayer for? It wasn't for her. It wasn't for her family. It was for wisdom to witness to her peers with tears in her eyes, 11 years old. That tells you something about her heart, amen? 11-year-old girl crying for her lost friends, wanting wisdom on how to get them saved. Praise the Lord for that kind of a heart. Hallelujah. Uh, there wasn't anybody saved at Pastor Boy's church he does a good job of, of that, but there was 15 healings. Um, he doesn't do much of that, so there was 15 people healed in that service. Dan prayed for some, I prayed for some, and uh, I don't know if there was anybody that wasn't healed in that service. I think everybody was. So, okay, next one, please. Uh, this is... Uh, the leadership conference, there's three pictures there. One of them, each one of us preaching, and then in the middle is some of the people that were there. This was right after the break, so there's a few empty chairs 
Uh, everybody doesn't get back on time. <laughs> uh, good luck with that. Uh, I think there was, uh, see, I think there was 70 pastors uh, that attended the leadership conference. Yeah, 70 pastors attended. We taught on flowing in the spirit, and Dan applied that with to worship and all of that. Um, I taught in the morning sessions, and Dan taught in the uh, afternoon session. And we didn't have an evening meeting this year. Uh, usually you're pretty exhausted after teaching for three, four hours. So these people right here in the front on the middle picture, that man with the red shirt and that lady with the green blouse, are pastors from an island. I don't know the name of it. And I've been to their house. It has a dirt floor in it. It's about as big as this platform. We did a crusade there one year out in front of their house. And he has to fish for a living. He always comes to our conferences. They speak real broken English. A few years ago, he came to the conference. He parked his boat. And somebody else came in with their boat, and they came in too fast and rammed into his boat, poked a hole in it, and left. And he's at the conference, so he didn't know anything about it. So he goes back to get, the, get his boat to go home, and it says sunk. That means the engine's underwater for a whole day or a day and a half. It's no good anymore. So we had one more day of meetings, and, you know, you would think he would come pulling on your sleeve or something. Can you help me? You know, I haven't got, my livelihood is gone, this kind of thing. Never did anything like that. If somebody hadn't told me about it, I wouldn't have known about it. But somebody told me what happened, that his boat was poked into him. He lost his boat and his motor and everything. So God put it on my heart. We built, we had a boat built, a brand new one for him. Got a motor from uh, Luzon, and he's still putting around in that thing. So he can, he can, because he doesn't get, you don't get any, uh, you know, the offerings you can't get by on them. They're just very small. These people are dirt poor. And so, you know, you can't live on offerings. Barely enough to pay the light bill at church. So uh, he has to fish for a living. And, uh, but they're great people. They have a real hard time. You have to, uh, they don't know a lot of English. So, so that was the, the leadership conference. They called it a conference, but more like a seminar. It was just one day. We usually do a couple of days of that. But um, because we had to go to, Mendenau this year, we cut it short. Okay, next one. Those are the graduates this year. There was five of them, one girl and four boys. Um, am I in anybody's way here? No. <coughs> um, at, the girl is going to uh, be married in September. Uh, I know somebody else is getting married in September, I think. And so... Um, I did a little counseling session with her, and she's marrying 
one of the guys that has graduated that's pastoring a church. Um, that's the third or fourth couple that's been married. They went to school together or knew each other from school and whatever. So, um, but those were the graduates. Okay, the next one. Um, that's our staff. Um, and Dan and I on the right. And next to me is Pastor Jay. And that's his wife, uh, Giselle, the one that lived in that little barangay I was telling you about. Well, actually, it's a big barangay. We're 90, we're saved. And then it's Letty and Pastor Rolly in the middle. He's the administrator of the school. You can trust that man. He's never misplaced a dollar that I've sent him. And then there's Pastor Boy next to him and his wife, Sally. And on the left, way on the end, is a, a girl that graduated from school, very anointed. Her name is Bev. And uh, she teaches worship leading and that kind of thing. Uh, something else, I'm not sure. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So there's seven on staff. Uh, six on staff right now. Pastor Jay's wife used to teach English, um, but she didn't teach this year because she was uh, graduating from college. She graduated the day that we left. Um, so she's hoping to get a job in San Fernando or somewhere near there um, so they can stay at the Bible school. <clears throat> okay. Okay, next one. Um, this is Jesus Reigns Ministry. That's their logo. Um, this is a ministry that just is all about Jesus, just worshiping Him. If they, you don't, even if you're a, a big name or something, and you come there, you're not allowed to talk about what you do or anything. You just can talk about Jesus and lift Him up. Um, and they're very big on anonymity. They're very disciplined on it. Uh, the next one. That's one of the things that was a, quite a production. This was their national convention. Um, they called it a summit. It was in Davao, Mindanao. Um, and the next one, and that's Gina. Um, she's what the, is known as the keeper of the vision. She's, she was a housewife. She got this vision for everybody uniting. And I don't know, I think there was probably three to 4,000 people in that building, and they were all uh, worshiping the Lord um, together. There's all kinds of different doctrines in there. I mean, anything you can think of was probably there from all over the nation of the Philippines. Remember, there's 7,000 islands there. So there's quite a mixture, but everybody forgets about that, and they just worship God. Hallelujah. Dan, did you want to say anything about Jesus reigns. I know you were really. One of the other things, too, before I get into Jesus reigns was the worship of these group of people were just unbelievable. Um, some of those Baran guys where we, we spoke in and played worship, and then uh, their worship leader would get up and lead, you know, song after song. Guys, it's like 95 degrees or 100 in this church. Okay, with very little airflow, they got fans, you know, and so they're 
their skin is just like dripped with sweat and you can see it just flowing off. But then you look around and you see the faces of these people just earnestly seeking God with their facial expressions like, oh God, I just want more of you. You know, the, their emotions and they're like that. I mean, they're, they're really into worship, you know, into showing their heart and bearing it before God. And I was just like, wow. And it feels great in here, doesn't it? I mean, we're, we're, I'm like, I'm back home. <laughs> you know, it feels awesome. But I, I couldn't not, not notice that. I couldn't notice the, the surroundings that they were in. And yet they still, with everything that they had, they worshiped him. You know, everything, not just a little bit of it. And, um, uh, but Jesus Reigns was a big part, uh, a huge thing for me. Um, I really believe, and I'll probably be sharing more and more about it, but I believe I'll be bar- a part of that. Um, I'm, I'm trusting God right now. I'm just praying. Uh, and uh, But it is, it's a genuine movement. This is the revival I was telling you about. Uh, started in the heart of the vision keeper and her husband. And um, started in Cebu. And now it is in over 82 provinces. Um, so what this looks like is that the provinces are declaring their province and saying Jesus reigns in our province, okay? They're boldly standing up publicly and saying Jesus reigns in our province. So it'd be like here in Missouri that uh, Jefferson County would stand up and say, hey, Jesus reigns in Jefferson County. And Franklin County would be there too and say, Franklin County, Jesus reigns in our county. And Gasconade County and so on. So there's 82 provinces in the Philippine Islands now that that are putting on, you know, things like this and and declaring their province for Jesus Christ. Now, if you think that's big, which it is, it's huge. Um, someone from China came, and now they're doing it in China. Now they're doing it in Indonesia. Now they're doing it in Japan. There's seven states here in America that are already doing it. There's a revival going on, and it started in the little old Filipinos group of people. And it's, it, it's just amazing. There, there's a revival. Um, I don't even want to call it revival. There's a move of God going on in the Philippines, and it's spreading to the Asian nations. And it has gotten so big that it's actually hitting America now. And, um, and like I said, let's just say we decided to have this event and everything that they do gives glory to Jesus. There's no names mentioned, none, except Jesus Christ. So if I decided to have Francis Chan and Billy Graham and all these other speakers speak at one of our events, you wouldn't even hear, would you please welcome Billy Graham or would you please welcome Francis Chan? You'd just see a guy walk out on the stage I can start talking. He start talking about Jesus. You might go, "Ooh, I know him." You know, but from what I heard, that there were some pretty prominent people that got up and spoke. I didn't know because I'm not a Filipino and I don't know, you know. But we're talking that that they're finding favor with the government around them. They are finding favor, and I'm telling you guys, when I was in this, I was sitting in the front row. Okay, and it's hard to capture because you see a great production. You see lights and you see fog and you see singers and you see these production people putting off Jesus reigns holding the big crowns up and all this stuff but I started to think about I started to think about what the throne room really looks like flashes of lightning 
roars of thunder. And, you know, just when Jesus comes back, he came back, he came first humbly and, and gave his, you know, as a little child, okay, and he grew up and he died. And now he's coming back as king. It's not going to be a little celebration. It's going to be huge. It's going to be like this. And this is all for the king. So you almost have to be there to capture the move of the Holy Spirit that's going on in that room at the time. Um, because it is all about Jesus. There is no glory taken for anybody. Jesus won't share his glory. Okay, He won't share it. So when he comes back, he's looking for his bride. And, and what the Lord was telling me this whole team, that this may be, this may very be the revival or the move of God that ushers in Jesus Christ into our world. I don't know. But it just may be. And, and the whole time, the whole time I was sitting there, God was saying, do you want to be part of this? Do you want to be a part of this? This is what you've been looking for. This is what you've been striving for in the flesh. This is what you've been doing. And now I'm, I'm, I'm showing you, do you want to be a part of this? I said, God, I want to be a part of this. I really do. This is the part that God was really downloading in me the whole time, giving me another purpose again in my life, saying that, no, you know, all the things that have happened doesn't matter. I still have purpose for God. I still have something God wants to use in me. And until my last breath leaves me, I should be declaring his name. Jesus reigns, you know. And, and so this was just a powerful, powerful two days of just sitting through the presence of God and feeling the Holy Spirit just really, really be exalted in this place and, and be lifted high. So when I'm looking at this and I just find out that it's in Japan and I'm talking to these leaders in Japan that are struggling to get people to come, but then all of a sudden you find out, you know, years down the road, they're like, the last big Jesus reign celebration in Cebu, 270,000 people showed up. And these gatherings are gathering thousands and thousands and thousands of people in other provinces. In America, they're starting to gather thousands of people together. It's in Hawaii, you know, it's in Georgia, and it's coming to Missouri. I'm telling you right now, it's coming to Missouri. Um, so pray, 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 pray. We are, that's a joke, isn't it? Pray, pray. <laughs> You'll have to tell that one. But anyway, God is good. This is a, this is an awesome move. This is a, in, in, in their language, pray, pray means buddy. So, so they're like, pray, pray. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's pray. You know, no, no, no. So I'm calling you buddy. <laughs> there you go. All right. So I guess you can tell that we're both pretty high on Jesus Reigns ministry. Um, you know, some of you wondering, can God use me? I mean, this lady was a housewife, doing dishes, changing diapers, all that kind of stuff that housewives do, cleaning the house. Oh, maybe not. Her husband has a business that... Um, it's like FedEx, only it's just within the country. So he's got some money. He's in the import-export business. I could tell you stories about him that would tell you something about their heart, their obedience to God. But he's using a housewife, raised her up to do this. Her husband is kind of behind the scenes, JR, just like um, Joyce Meyer and her husband kind of a thing. And the, she's kind of the keeper of the vision, they call her. And she just wrote a book um, 
God has used me to speak into their lives a little bit prophetically um, a couple years ago, and that's already been fulfilled. And now again this time, I um, think I'm at liberty to share that stuff. But uh, anyway, some pretty dramatic things happened. I had an encounter with God after after this conference in my hotel room where I was, it was like somebody was pressing on me, holding me on the bed. I couldn't get up. And he showed me some stuff for them. And I was really concerned that I wouldn't get to share it with them. The next slide, please. Um, there we are at, that's at Gina and JR's house on the front porch. And we did have an audience with uh, her for about an hour. That's her son on the, be my right, her left, who runs the business now. Since the ministry's got so big, her husband has to, to do the administrative part of that, uh, business part of it. And uh, her son graduated from college, so he pretty much took over the business, at least one of them. So anyway, we had this opportunity to share with them whatever they do with it now is between them and God. Um, so on the next slide, um, when we got done with the conference, we were in Davao, Mindanao. Mindanao is the is the most one of the most dangerous islands uh, because the southern part of it is controlled by Muslims. Uh, and some of them are radical. That's where these two churches were blowing up, was down there. Um, but Davao is a very safe town. It's right on the ocean, and the president of the country lives in Davao. So it's a pretty safe place. There's a lot of security and stuff around. So anyway, we went to this little church. Um, the next slide, please. Um, and I met this girl with the glasses on, um, Dave Martin. She's from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, way on the other side of the world. And she was back home visiting family. Um, and she lives in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So we put her up there. It was pretty neat. Next one, please. There's three pictures there. This is what we had to go to get to this church. Maybe it'll give you a little bit idea of the poverty. The one on the right, uh, first we're down an alley. And we go off of the alley to that one on the right. And that leads into this one with the gate in the middle. And that leads into the one on the left with the open sewer in the middle of it. And we're walking through this. And you go around that corner, and you had to dip under wet laundry that was dripping there to get to this little church. And, uh, you know, how would you find it if somebody didn't lead you there? <laughs> but this guy that pastors the church was in Bible school with Pastor Rowley, so he knew him. And uh, so we got to go there. That was the kind of the passageway to get to the church. And they gave Dan and I both a chauffeur that he has not blown yet. You got it with you? All right, and a very nice one. And uh, 
anyway, y'all heard about 13 being an unlucky number. Well, that day, that this was two Sundays ago, not last Sunday, the Sunday before. This is where we were, right here. There was, uh, next slide, there's the church, people of the church that hadn't left yet, and I uh, got the chauffeur there that he gave us, and he was trying to give me an offering as well, and uh, but we gave it back to him for evangelism in the neighborhood there. Um, but that morning, there was 13 people saved and 13 people healed. And one, yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, in this little bitty place where you're going down this passageway to find it, you know, God found these people, and 13 of them became brother, brothers and sisters, and 13 of them were healed. God cares, amen? And he, he's moved by your prayers because faith is the only thing that counts in the kingdom. You know, my American dollars won't buy a soul. Pesos won't buy a soul. But faith will win a soul every time. And there was one deliverance in that service as well that was rather wild. You just never know what's going to happen. But um, and we had one more church we went to that evening. This is our last Sunday there. Next one. And uh, there's Pastor Rolly and the pastor of the church and us standing on the left there. And a picture in the middle, a guy on the top there between Dan and I, he was the pastor of that first church we were to in the morning. And the lady, is, uh, her husband is dead. But he, they were pastoring this church together. And we're just praying for children there. And Dan is doing uh, a couple more special songs again. Uh, he's not using Tom's guitar here. If Tom was here, I was going to tell him, well, he had to use one of their guitars because after we dropped it for the third time, it didn't. It was a lot of tune. But he's not here. I can't have any fun at all. So anyway, um, that was our trip, basically. Um, there was eight people healed that night in this service here. Um, nobody was saved, but there was eight people healed. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, one, one more picture and we're done. Um, this is a picture of the Philippines. Um, you can see Cebu right there, that uh, sliver-like. Behold is on the right, and Mindanao is in the south. Cebu is, I don't have anything to point with, but it's about halfway up that island on this side, and then we're south of that for San Fernando. Uh, Mindanao, I guess, is, can you move it up a little bit or not? Uh, anyway, we were way down here where you can't see in Davao, Mindanao. So, okay, the next slide, we're taking too long here. Uh, we had 20 meetings, and I've got 97 confirmed healings, but I forgot about the four, the first day, the very first day, 
everything happened so fast. Um, so actually there was, what would that make, 101. 101 healings that we could confirm. Now, there's probably more, but if you can't confirm them, you can't count them, amen? You know, it's people that are in pain or they can't do this or they can't do that. Um, and it was 463 salvations. Um, there would have been more if we hadn't went to... Yeah, thank you, Jesus. There would have been more if we uh, hadn't went to the Jesus Reigns thing, but I think that was God's plan for us to do that um, because he spoke to both of us there and then actually some things, important things for their ministry as well that I was able to share with them. So thank you so much for your prayers. As I said at the beginning, it's a team effort. You guys pray, and somebody gives, and we go. And here comes the chauffeur man. So thank you so much for your prayers, because without them, uh, I don't even want to go across the street. So... That's those chauffeurs that they gave us, each of us. So thank you once again. Why don't you give God some praise and then we'll worship him.